1: Radio studio and the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. Jack. The back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey baby. I love you, people. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. they are loco. So it's
2: a hustle.
0: Yeah, it's a ah! And now, here's Armstrong and Getty.
3: David French wrote a heck of an interesting column over the weekend about the God Gap. The most important religious divide isn't between right and left, but between the left and left. And the God Gap helped to explain a seismic shift in American politics. I think he does a great job of explaining what he's talking about. So let me read part of it to you. Uh, there's talk about uh, there's talk of realignment in the air. Think back to 2012. You might remember Barack Obama talking about the Coalition of the Ascendant. This was the Obama Coalition, a collection of America's growing demographics from non-white voters to single women. The Romney voters, by contrast, were fading. White, Christian, married. They were demographic losers in a population that was becoming more diverse and more secular. Democratic dominance was inevitable. And then... Well, we'll skip ahead. He talks about Trump and Clinton and blah, 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 blah. But 2020 told a different tale. The Democrats got whiter. The Republicans got more diverse. And now all the assumptions are scrambled. Donald Trump lost the popular vote by a wider margin than he did in 2016. But he did materially better with Hispanic voters, Asian voters, and black voters. Trump did better than Romney with non-white voters. And he improved on that showing in, in 2016. Then he improved on it in 2020. And the trend continues. Last week, Axios's Josh Kraushauer, which we discussed, described an ongoing seismic shift in the two parties' coalitions. A New York Times-Siena College poll, Democrats now have a bigger advantage with white college graduates than they do with non-white voters. Democratic Party's losses with Hispanics are remar- remarkable. Obama won 71% in 2012. 71. Biden won 65%. And now it's
0: 50-50. Wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And moreover, there are good reasons to believe Hispanic voters will continue to migrate to the GOP. As Roy Teixeira described this week in Substack, comprehensive issue polling from Echelon Insights demonstrates that strong progressives have substantially different political and cultural views from
0: Hispanics. This no is way. something we've been talking about for yeah. ages. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing to me that everybody's just catching on to this, but I think it was inevitable.
3: Yeah. So listen to some of these examples, and I've got some stats that are going to blow your mind. Hispanic voters are are far more likely to believe that America is the greatest country in the world. Yeah, I love hearing that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute now. Hispanics? I thought they thought this was a racist country because some people want to have a coherent border policy. No, not at all. They're more likely, substantially more likely than your woke college graduate white people to believe that America is the greatest country in the world. How about that? So the striving up-and-comers believe it. The fat, happy uh, intellectual class doesn't. that, That is just fascinating. Hispanics are far less likely to support defunding the police. Far less likely to believe that, quote, racism is built in our society. Far less likely to believe that. As People of slightly darker hue than perhaps a pasty Irishman like myself. Far less likely to believe that transgender athletes should play on sports teams that match their current gender identity. And in most cases, the polling gap is immense, according to David French. Now, what accounts for the differences in belief and values? I'm not sure this is the entire, entire uh, explanation. Um... Because there's never one thing that causes anything. It's always a mix of things. But the demographic party has a huge God gap. And that God gap is driving a wedge between its white and non-white voters. And he goes into a Pew Research Center survey on American religious beliefs with a picture that's worth a, worth a thousand words. <clears throat> now, this is radio. So this will depend on my skills as an orator
0: yep. to paint the picture for you. Before you hit us with that, just the—I've always wondered about this. Why um, white Christians are clearly just dumb, backwards people, but you know all your black leaders are ministers at churches and uh, reverends of some sort, and that Mm -hmm. you know is just given you know seen as perfectly normal white. Christians are dumb and backwards and bigoted and superstitious, small minded and just all kinds of wrong. But uh, your black churchgoers, it's like, I don't know, colorful and culturally cool or something like that. Oh, yeah. And Hillary will go and say, I ain't in no ways tired and pander to them in those very churches. And then obviously the the, uh, Hispanic crowd is way more into uh, Catholicism than uh, most of your elite college crowd. Who want to call them Latinics? Yeah, yeah, indeed. So
3: here's the uh, the picture that's worth a thousand words. It's a graph of a dark blue line that that is indicates believe in God
0: as described in the Bible. I mean, how patronizing is that? I keep interrupting your your big point. Yeah, go ahead. How patronizing Please. is Get that? Gets us though? closer
3: to the end of the show. <laughs> Speak your piece.
0: So. How incredibly patronizing is that to to as the white educated liberals to go with? Uh, well, yeah. the... The brown people and the black people are religious, but I'm, you know, they they don't know better, and it's kind of right. a, you know, kind of a cute thing that they, they still believe in that stuff, and so we'll and that w- we'll pretend to be down with it, encourage them,
3: you know, yeah, it's fine, God, yeah, just- uh, clapping your hands along on the wrong beats,
0: really, really
3: awful. Right, right. Yeah, it is. And, and I appreciate you calling him on that. I've thought that for a long time. The condescension toward black America from the left is just incredibly insulting. But anyway, so back to the graph, the picture that's worth a thousand words. The darker blue line on these line graphs is believe in God is described in the Bible.
0: The Bible. Thank that's you, right, Mr. Sir. President.
3: That's the, that's the Bible I meant. The Bible, right. White Republicans... Believe in God is described in the Bible, it's a big old line, 72%. Non-white Republicans, it's 60%, just about as big. Non-white Democrats, 61%. So right up there with the white and non-white Republicans, white Democrats, 32%. Mm. So almost exactly half of the lowest number. Among white Republicans, non white Republicans,
0: and non white Democrats. White well, Democrats are godless. Boy, and that thirty two percent, they gotta be dying off every day. That's gotta be all the older end. Uh
3: yeah, probably. Yeah. Um now I will in you know, for the purpose of fairness, the number of white democrats who believe in some other higher power or spiritual force, just something or other, stretches that number significantly. But that's kind of your more wishy-washy, generalized belief in God. Um, And the don't believe in God or a higher power at all crowd, it's 5% of white Republicans, 5% of non-white Republicans, 5% of non-white Democrats, again, great uh, deal of agreement, and 21% of white Democrats. Quadruple all of the other numbers. That's, That's a stark difference. And does anybody who's ever not only like claimed a religion, but attempted to know it, love it and live by it, your religious sense or I'll be generous and say your spiritual sense, your idea of what how we are called to live our lives, that will manifest manifest itself in many, many different ways and many different policy uh, areas, too. So it's not, and and, uh, if this is obvious to you, I apologize, but it's not merely that, hey, you believe in God, I believe in God. Hey, high five. Uh, No, it's that we see the world in substantially a similar way. And white Democrats are a
0: striking outlier to that worldview. Um, And so now is the time that that's finally going to become a problem for that coalition, huh? Yeah. For whatever yeah. Well, and and it's it's all
3: if it were merely a I'm a Cubs fan and you don't care thing uh, to cite a kind of probably weak metaphor from my youth as opposed to I'm a Cubs fan you're a Sox fan it's it's more than oh I I don't really believe that it's it's aggressive disdain. Sure. As David French writes, and as you pointed out, we'd be foolish to believe that religious differences this immense would not eventually manifest themselves in different political values. Ever since I first set foot on Harvard Law School's campus more than 30 years ago, I've seen with my own eyes how utterly scornful many powerful white progressives are toward traditional Christianity. Yet in scorning traditional orthodox, uh, orthodox religious beliefs, secular progressives are often scorning indispensable members of their own coalition. Uh, writing in the response to the flare-ups over Chick-fil-A, Yale law professor Stephen Carter said four years ago, Overall, people of color are more likely than whites to be Christians, and pretty devout Christians at that. Some 83% of all black Americans are absolutely certain that God exists. No other group comes close to this figure. Interesting. Uh, Then he he goes into some detail on that, attending services, read the Bible regularly. They are also, here's the kicker, most likely to believe that their faith is the place to look for answers to questions about what is right and wrong. And they are by large margins the most likely to believe that the Bible is the literally inerrant word of God. In short, if you find Christian traditionalism creepy, it's black people you're talking about.
0: Interesting. They've hidden that pretty well.
3: Yeah, and the tie-in with Hispanics is not quite as strong, but it's very, very strong. So, both parties are at a crossroads, he says. The future is not yet written. There's time for secular progressives to understand that Christians, especially black Christians, are an indispensable element of their coalition. At least, the, at the very least, secular Americans should demonstrate respect and real tolerance for traditional religious beliefs. I would ask you, friends... Tolerance and respect for people who believe differently than you or vicious online cancellation and doxing and trying to get you fired and forcing you to go into indoctrination meetings called anti-racism and trying to indoctrinate your children and calling you a racist if you dare squeak your disapproval, which seems more familiar among the uh, woke left white progressive crowd.
2: I rest
1: my case. Strong and Getty.
0: and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
3: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line
1: 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid and limited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January
3: 2024. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. True the pressure. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Sticking with Winston Churchill, this is one of my favorites. Particularly uh, given the line of work we're in. You have enemies? Good. It means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. Hmm. There you go. Take that, haters.
0: Nail that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of those things though. It's not proof of a, of a, of of something. It could be a result of something, but it's not proof mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. I see you used to be an a-hole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's that.
3: Michael, could you turn off the idiotic music for a minute? We'll bring it back in a moment or two. Uh, We got this note from Tracy, a really, really touching note. Uh, She and her husband have been fans of ours for a very long time, listening for uh, five years, all four hours. One more thing, the extra-large is uh, her husband, Patrick Rader, was an enormous fan of ours. Uh, A month ago, he was one of the pilots killed in a helicopter crash in Hawaii at the Pacific Missile Range Facility and the family's still not sure what happened um but uh interestingly the uh, the podcast uh, we recorded the one more thing uh, the day after his death was about uh, your life flashing before your eyes mm. when we discussed that and uh and Tracy took that as as uh this is so touching uh communication from her husband or a connection to her husband that he was thinking of her and that they'd be together again so that is an absolutely lovely note, Tracy. Thank you for sharing, and uh, gosh, we're sorry for your loss. It's terrible. Anyway, Michael, if you'd like to re-cue the idiotic music, that would be fun. It is idiotic. Oh, please, it defines idiocy. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Daniel. A lot of listeners can't tell Jack and Joe's voices apart. It's easy. Joe's voice is a little deeper and calmer. Jack, on the other hand, is higher pitched and often escalates into hysteria, like a woman having some kind of hormonal problem. <laughs> But if he pursues this witch doctor meditation idea, it'll be more difficult to tell the voices apart. (laughs) Witch
0: doctor, that's hilarious. Wow. Daniel, writing with a pen dipped in sarcasm. Yesterday, I was busy every minute from 4.30 till 10 o'clock at night. And so one of the keys to this new meditation idea really is going to have to be to find time to do it. Oh yeah, I mean because it can be the best idea in the world, but if you don't find time to do it, it's like exercise or a lot of other things. Practicing the piano, whatever it is you want to do, if you can't find time to do it, it just it moves it advances
3: very slowly. Yes, yes, well put. Yeah, like the Russian troops, it will uh, be uh, mired. Oh, let's see. Oh, I love this. Absolutely love this from uh, JT and Livermore, um, guys. The conclusion first. Kamala Harris is the Britney Spears of the executive branch. That's pretty good. Let's ha- let's compare and contrast their thoughts on time travel or the passage of time and see if we can detect a difference.
1: Have you ever seen Back to the Future?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that possible to time tra- travel speed?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it is, Connie.
2: Okay, but not that we know of.
1: Maybe, I think people can do that, I think some people are ahead of us.
0: Is it possible to time travel speed? Mm, It's a good question. Now the Vice President.
2: The Governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here, and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in mm-hmm. terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs, and there is mm. such great significance to the passage of time. When as we think as about you about mentioned, a day in the life yes. of our children. Yes. See,
3: you can't yes.
0: say it slower the fourth time and like it has new meaning or something. <laughs> I'm looking at the Washington Examiner has a headline, Kamala Harris stuck in the passage of time. Um, (laughs) The the Britney Spears clip is not stupider. And Britney has the, you know, gets more points for the fact that she's like 19 and stoned. And stoned. (laughs)
3: right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Kamala knows more words than Britney. Oh, yeah. I will grant her that. Yeah. J, J.T. wants to know, does that mean that Britney Spears is every bit as qualified to be VP as Kamala Harris? I, I don't know.
0: Kamala don't would know. have arrested Britney and put her in prison for a very long time for oh. her marijuana use. Oh, attack her from the left.
3: Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, J.T. Uh, goes on to write... Uh, What about the fascist of the year If calling a biological man a man like the Babylon B story gets you kicked off of Twitter, but you're free to call a white male Republican anything under the sun? Look, Mm. it is a rhetorical question. The sooner we all recognize that the left is a bunch of hypocritical haters that have zero interest in applying their logic equally across the spectrum, the sooner we can actually move forward in responding appropriately. Acting like a million one off acts of hypocrisy and hate are not part of a cultural movement. Away from the essence of the founding of this country is only delay, delaying the needed rectification. Speaking of knowing good words, well said, sir. So. <laughs>
2: Lifelock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at Lifelock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
1: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I promise, the most fascinating stat you've ever heard. I don't know if this can live up to that, but it's pretty damn fascinating. And the source of it makes it doubly important. This is an NBC News report on a teachers' union poll that was done by a Democratic operation to have uh, information for Democrats to help them win the upcoming election. Let me read from it. The American Federation of Teachers circulated this poll. Conducted by this Democratic firm as a call to arms for its members and allies to emphasize more popular proposals like spending more on schools and reducing class sizes and de-emphasizing fights that center on cultural issues. Let me get more specific. Hmm. A major set of red flags in the poll. Again, this is from NBC News. I'm not reading from Tucker Carlson or something like that. Uh, A major set of red flags in the poll for Democrats and teachers unions was a series of questions that looked like they were ripped from Ron DeSantis' Friday speech on critical race theory and teaching kids about sexuality and gender identity. While the survey didn't mention DeSantis by name, it tested education messages he has popularized nationally. He's been able to popularize them because they're very popular. More that so makes it than easier to popularize them, no doubt. Yeah. One poll question found that voters by 32 points said they're more likely to vote for candidates who believe public schools should focus less on teaching race and more on core subjects. That was a 30-point win for that. Wow. By 27 wow. points, call it 30, they said schools should be banned banned from teaching sexual orientation and gender identity to kids in kindergarten through third grade. Which is exactly the don't say gay law... That was mocked by the elite media as just the most hateful thing that has ever happened in America. Remember, Saturday Night Live opened with it, and the Oscars or Grammys or whoever did their big thing on it. it was just oh, Don't say, um, how could anything be so awful as to outlaw the word gay in Florida, which of right. course is not what happened. It was just, let's not teach little kids about sex orientation and gender. Turns out, that's a winning issue by 30 freaking points, and the Democrats are telling their own party, hey, hey, this is what most people think about this. And one more before we discuss. Also by almost 30 points, 28 points, uh, the uh, the poll said that transgender athletes should be banned from competing in girls' sports. 30-point win there, too.
1: That's
3: incredible!
0: That's
3: incredible! Well, did, get, getting back to the don't say gay thing, that was portrayed in all of the elite... Quarters, Whether it's education, uh, media, or entertainment, and they have that ground, it's just, they do. That was portrayed as a, a product of the most reactionary and cruel 10% among us. The most angry, bitter, ignorant, hateful. Maybe 5% of the population was behind that. No, it's a 30-point win, and all it has to do with is hitting little children with your gender theory
0: garbage. Well, I, I actually wonder, did, the, did, did, did reasonable smart people at the teachers' unions or at this, um, this polling outfit, which I don't know, it's a heart Research, they do polling for uh, the Democrats to help them win elections, I wonder if reasonable smart people did this polling to alert the blue checkmark Twitter crowd, because they knew the results they were going to get, to alert Mm -hmm. people and say, hey, I know you're really into a lot of this stuff, but it ain't going to win any elections. I mean, it ain't even close to as popular as you think it is. Yeah, well, much as I dislike and resent the big-time teachers' unions,
3: it's absolutely clear that there's a war for the Democratic Party going on, and the that uh, loud, vicious, social media-mastering minority who's trying to jam all this stuff down everybody's throats, with the help, by the way, of idiotic, freaking, white-guilt-suffering Dopey college educated suburban white women. Uh, anyway, the, the mainstreamer Democrats, they understand, you know, I look around me and people are not into this. Teaching a second grade little boy that he's probably a little girl if he wants to be this week and, and then rushing him to get hormone treatments and surgery. More on that to come. Um, Yeah, they're looking around saying, we need to make a stand or we're going to lose this thing.
0: So let's call these all 30-point wins since it was 32, 27, and 28. That's probably within the margin of error. Just to make things simple, we'll call it a 30-point win, which means it was probably roughly 65-35. There's probably a chunk of, I don't know, or whatever in there, but whatever. Um, Something like two-thirds,
3: one-third, or twice as many people against as in favor of this stuff, yeah.
0: If it was roughly that, it was roughly two to one um, people agreeing with you, and every normal person, you know, um, I gotta believe maybe half of that third was just being kind of pulled along because everything they saw on TV led them to believe that, oh yeah, I guess that don't say gay law sounds pretty terrible to me. I agree. Um, so i I'll bet it's even a bigger win than the thirty points actually. I
3: think, yeah, if you gave, uh, if you sat down with people for five minutes and talked to them about it. Yeah, because a certain number of people just want to go with what is popular or what they perceive to be the quote unquote enlightened, enlightened position yeah, or they would, they not would, racist or not cruel.
0: They just want to be good people. They want to be nice. And they think the nice thing to do is to allow transgender athletes to compete in girls sports except for, uh, you know, two-to-one Americans think that's a bad idea. Two-to-one Americans don't want kids third grade and younger, younger taught sexual orientation and gender two-to-one. Right. God, right. remember how hot that whole don't say gay thing was? Okay. Oh, pre- yeah. And presented to you everywhere as if it was obviously hate. What can well, we do to, to describe stop Describe this?
3: it as that way is just blatantly dishonest.
0: Yeah, and it was it was described that way by everyone all the time, as if that was the name yeah. of the bill. And then finally, the whole two to one. How about we focus on just like you know reading, writing, and arithmetic, and not race in our schools? So I I thought those were amazing poll numbers. Um, I don't know if I should be happy about that or not. I mean, that's the result I want. Do I want the uh, the Democratic Party to wake up to that? Yeah. Um, I've heard you know, i I would say yes, I would yeah, say yeah, yes,
3: yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I'm more an ideologue than a partisan. Sure. I would rather have a sane, reasonable democratic party, uh, more like the one I grew up with, and not these radical theorists who who operate in a bizarre academic world that has no relationship with human beings or their endeavors. I want
0: them to be swept away by history, please, as soon as possible, absolutely. Um, And then there's this term that I became aware of in the last year, something like that, popularism as a uh, how come that hasn't become more of a uh, instead of populists, but popularists like how about Mm -hmm. we do what's popular with most people (laughs) by far.
3: I read a great uh, little bit of editorial about the left's inconsistency in howling about democracy all the time we need democracy you know the court has uh, overruled the will of the people okay I tell you what let's have a big vote on teaching radical gender theory to little children let's have a a, a big vote a national referendum on allowing biological males to whoop the hell out of women in sports let's have a, a giant uh, you know referendum on what was the third one
0: whether or not you want to teach race in school versus the core subjects. Oh,
3: right, right, right. Yeah, let's have a vote. Is that you're that in love with democracy? Let's go ahead.
0: But anyway, I don't want to
3: engage in the same hypocrisy they do. There are some things that are fit for "quote unquote" democracy, and some that uh, are not. Sure, exactly.
0: Um, I thought that was some pretty interesting stuff right there, and that's that's what the the, the poll is being spread out to Democrats across the country and say, hey. The some of these issues might not be as popular as you think you are they are or all your college friends are telling you they are.
3: You know what's really an interesting dynamic though, and and I'm I'm hearing because I have a psychic connection with with our beloved listeners. Jack knows this. Um, <laughs> I am I'm feeling the vibes across the transom of all of the people who have been forced and are going to be forced in the near past or future to sit through these training sessions. Or engage in these struggle sessions about uh wokeism and anti-racism and the rest of it. Or their woke teachers teaching their kids this stuff. And the only thing I would say to you is have courage, friends, because you have way more uh, allies than than opponents. The problem is, though, the viciousness of the people who believe this stuff and their willingness to bring you to your knees, whether professionally, uh, socially, or academically at your college or whatever, they will ruin you. And, but we have to find a way to stand up against this crap. Uh, if the critical theory crowd gets science, we're doomed. Because science is about fact and testing things and retesting them. And I and represent objects. science. I heard this headline, I think it was yesterday... And I made my face like I just found out my son had sold our cow for magic beans. I mean, a combination of disbelief, anger, and horror. But uh, Jonathan Scott on Fox News was interviewing Jonathan Turley about the story I'm talking about. Clip number 80, please, Michael.
2: Some scholars are pushing for anthropologists to stop classifying ancient remains as either male or female. You write about this at length in your website. You say professors have called for researchers to stop identifying ancient human remains by biological gender because they cannot gauge how a person identified at that time. I mean, they're basically saying, well, maybe it's biologically a caveman, but she identified as a cavewoman. We don't know. (laughs) So we shouldn't classify it. Well, <laughs> look. If there are non-binary Neanderthals, I'd love to read about them. But the thing that I don't understand is why academics would want fewer data points to say don't analyze, don't classify according to uh, biological uh, gender, uh, don't look at ancestry uh, connections mm-hmm. uh, or races of these um, these specimens. Why would you want to reduce the information you're working with? You can still Come to these same conclusions. But the problem is that when these things are suggested, there's a palpable fear among professors that they will be targeted by the next mob. And they remain silent. And the result is that we're having a real diminishment of our higher educational programs. So you don't want to say
0: caveman anymore. You want to say cave human with the capacity to fell a mammoth. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: For instance,
3: you know, you really ought to read, if you can, uh, Lindsay and Pluckrose's cynical theories. You can't believe how loopy this stuff is at its base. They want to erase all binaries, especially. Anything that is A, B, male, female, they want to deny that that exists at all. And so if you have a clearly female who lived 1.3 million years ago, you have to deny that that could even be a female. This stuff doesn't make any sense. It's idiotic. It's bizarre. And these people are wrong, wrong, wrong which is not justification to be mean to anybody who's a very effeminate male or a very butch female or whatever. Of course not. Cruelty is wrong in all cases. But to back down in the face of something that bizarre and absurd is dangerous, but uh, turly rather, uh, Jonathan Turley makes a good point. The professors are terrified the mob will come for, for them. And there's no protection on a university campus against the mob. The administration will turn and, and charge at you with the mob.
0: Yeah, so you're in the corner of some university looking at old rocks your whole life. Nobody's paid any attention to you ever. All of a sudden, you'd have a firestorm if you made some sort of assertion about gender. Yeah,
3: Right. Exactly. People are marching into your classroom while you're trying to teach and calling for you to be fired, and the administration's taking them seriously. Wow.
2: Armstrong and Getty. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Jack Armstrong and Joe
3: Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: This is like Occam's razor, which is the most common razor that I've heard of. This is like the, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the difference between a razor and an axiom or a rule or a law or whatever is. Occam's razor being when you're weighing alternative explanations for something, the one with the fewest assumptions should be chosen. In other words, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one for anything which is a good one to go with, but somebody was posting a whole bunch of these yesterday that I had never heard of, and they're pretty good, I thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my kids some of these. The luck raiser. When choosing between two paths, choose the path that has a larger luck surface area. Your actions put you in a position where luck is more likely to strike. It's hard to get lucky watching TV at home. It's easy to get lucky when you're engaging in learning, for instance. Huh. That's the old idea that luck is um, opportunity meeting preparation. Preparedness, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so do whatever's going to give you the largest luck surface area. <laughs> and, you know, uh, sitting around hoping doesn't give you much luck surface area.
3: Yeah, wow, okay.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. The Arena Razor. When faced with two paths, choose the path that puts you in the arena. It's easy to throw rocks from the sidelines. It's scary and lonely in the arena, but it's where growth happens. Once you're in the arena, and this is the this is the real reason I read it, because the other part wasn't that surprising to me. Once you're in the arena, never take advice from people on the sidelines. I thought that's a good one. Hmm. If you're actually doing something, don't listen to the freaking people who have never done it or aren't doing it or whatever. That's yeah. a good one. I remember
3: on a number of occasions, youngsters who wanted to get into the radio business would ignore my pleas to them, don't, don't, uh, and they'd want advice. And the one thing we always told them was get on the air. Get a gig somewhere. Doesn't matter where, in the middle of the night, get on the air and do it and do it and do it and do it. Don't worry about you know the market or the music format or, or if you like the talk show politics of that station, just get on the air.
0: This is a dumb one, but the, the one that popped into my head was uh, when I was in the arena of uh, running in races regularly. And I ran every day, and then I'd run in these races, but I'm very, very slow. The amount of criticism I would get from people who don't run it freaking all was amazing. Mm. <laughs> About how slow I was. How much did you run this weekend? Well, I haven't run in years. Well, then shut the F up. But the, the amount <laughs> of criticism you can get from doing something from people who aren't doing it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, pathetic on their uh, side, too. Uh, the invested versus spent razor time is either invested or spent invested time are actions that compound like reading physical activity mindfulness and relationship building spent time as opposed to invested time are actions that don't Um, and pretty easy to come up with all kinds of spent time that you can think of that don't really add up to anything when choosing what mm-hmm. to do prioritize investing time not spending it yeah we we got all do better on that I suppose um the run I'm, a, I'm he... a
3: dynamo of uh, productive activity
0: All dynamo. dynamo.
3: oh yeah yeah I take three minutes to have fun between 705 and 708 in the evening and boy do I have a good time then it's, it's back to work so you just heard about the golf tournament over the weekend you didn't you didn't watch any of it just Oh, I watched a three-minute uh, quadruple-speed
0: encapsulation. So quadruple speed, it was obviously like forty-five seconds. You, you were you you heard somebody talking about it while you were hand-hewing a grand piano and taking <laughs> Spanish lessons. Exactly, exactly.
3: This finish is bueno. I said to my instructor <laughs> as I
0: painstakingly uh, sanded it and studying for your LSAT. The Room's Razor. If you have a choice between entering two rooms, choose the room where you're more likely to be the dumbest one in the room. Once you're in the room, talk less and listen more. It's bad for your ego, but great for your growth. Uh, Occam's Razor. We mentioned that the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Uh, Listening Razor. If you encounter someone with opinions or perspectives very different from your own, Listen twice as much as you speak. Our natural tendency when we hear a view we disagree with is to respond and refute it. Default to listen mode. You'll learn more that way. That's a good one. That's a really Mm -hmm. good one. I've gotten way better at that. Part of it is I just don't argue with people. But I've definitely got better. I want to hear your... I I can tell already that I don't agree with anything you think. But I want to hear your entire view of life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And the fact that you go off into life with that view... Me not confronting it doesn't, is no harm done. I'm not going to no. change your mind. So, no, yeah. It helps to
3: have the outlet of this show to True. be a little more restrained in that way. But, yeah, True. I used to get all weirded out when people would, would come on strong with that stuff or be strange or nuts or whatever. And I, I try to remind myself, hey,
0: this will be over in a minute or two. Invest in it. Enjoy it. See what happens. Uh, the lion razor. If you have the choice, always choose to sprint and then rest like a lion. I hadn't thought about this, but this this is kind of the way I do things. That's the way I'm built. Most people are not wired to work nine to five, long periods of steady, monotonous work. If your goal is to do inspired creative work, you have to work like a lion. Sprint when inspired, rest, repeat. Sprint and rest, sprint and rest, as opposed to just kind of steady, regular... I don't know. It kind of goes against some other razors about, you know, uh, the the tortoise and the hare and that sort of stuff. And no then, freaking uh, tortoise ever beat a hare. I hate that. That's a, That's a bad fable.
3: Visit GameBridge.io
1: slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.